Judith by Yalmar Bergman The old man sat on a stool by the gateway. To each one who approached, he called out, Leave my house in peace! The house was a cottage, consisting of three rooms, a kitchen and two attics. The trees in the garden were bare, the grass frost-bitten, so that it could not even be used for grazing. Truly it was not much to watch over, but the old man did not leave his post. He sat there still, though it was dusk, and to each one who went by he called out, Leave my house in peace! If any of the enemy soldiers stopped by his gate, he got up, took off his greasy green cap, and said that death was in the house. I speak in your own interest. I have death in the house. If you do not believe me, follow. I will show you. But it is catching, sir. Very catching. The soldier would believe his words, for he himself looked like death. This house which harboured death was the last in the village. When night had fallen, a young soldier came and asked for lodging. He had knocked at many doors and found all the beds already occupied. It was impossible for him to find his way to the next house or village in the darkness. As for death, he feared it as little as a soldier allows himself fear. The old man repeated what he had said to other passers-by. This one was very young and somewhat overbold. He laughed and said, I have heard that tale before. Look here, let me in. I will neither steal nor kill. I only want to sleep. When the old man told him of death in the house, he was not to be frightened away. He pushed the old man aside and stepped into the garden. It was so dark that he could not see the door of the house, but went up to a lighted window. The old man followed him. When they stood together at the window, he said, Look, I do not lie. It is my son-in-law in there. He is dead. There was a bed in the middle of the room, with the head towards the window. On it lay a dead man. He was as young as the soldier, but dead. He was covered by a sheet up to the neck. By the head of the bed sat a young woman almost a girl. She sat in front of a table on which were placed four lighted candles. The soldier looked more at the girl than at the dead man. He found her beautiful, but rather too dark and not as pretty as his own sweetheart at home. But after all it was something which did not concern him. He only wanted to sleep. He turned to the old man and said, Surely there is a bed in the house, or at least a mattress, or something to lie on. There is, answered the old man. In the attic there is a bed made up, which my son-in-law used to use before he was married. But, sir, I speak in your own interest. You can see with your own eyes that 
There is death in the house. It is catching. I beg you to leave my house in peace. I am an old man, and have sorrows enough. The soldier said, Old fellow, I don't intend to deny myself that bed in the attic. My lying there won't hurt anybody, and it will feel splendid to creep down between sheets again. He turned a deaf ear to the old man's objections, and found his way to the door. The porch was quite dark. He was forced to open the door of the room where the four candles were burning. Having once opened the door, it would have been impolite not to step in and state his errand. He stood at attention just inside the door. The young woman got up slowly and bowed her head. The soldier said, Pardon, madame, I merely seek shelter for the night. Would you or someone else show me to the room where your intended used to sleep? The bed is ready. I will fetch water and candles. It is cold. Would you like a fire? We always used to have a fire at this time of the year, when my betrothed slept up there. He was now my husband. We were married this summer. The soldier took off his helmet and went up to the bed on tiptoe. He felt he must say something, and asked, What was his illness? Oh, she said looking him in the eyes for the first time. My husband died in the war. He was killed the day before yesterday. From what they told me, it happened in a bayonet charge. He had his throat cut. Your father, he began. She interrupted. Yes, I know. He says we have a catching illness in the house. You did not let yourself be frightened off by that yarn. It is a usual one. Father fears that I should behave badly if I met any of you. But I am not so foolish. Who murdered him? Neither this one nor that one. It was the war. That's true, said the soldier. It's no use being angry with individuals. It's the war, that's all. He came a few steps nearer, and looked at the dead man. The wife bent forward and showed how the bayonet had cut right across the throat. The soldier shook his head. Yes, it is not pleasant to see them like this. While it is going on, it seems all right. But to see them afterwards, and like this at home, it's hard. Yes, your, your chaps are damn fine fighters. I was in that charge, too. I know, called the woman. Father thought that our reinforcements had come up, and that you would go another way. But I knew you would come here. I heard your signals at midday. Father wanted us to hide. But what's the use of that? True, cried the soldier flushed with eagerness and joy. We don't hurt anyone. Just let us alone and... But it's really nice of you not to be afraid. He stopped short, ashamed of his eagerness. He felt so terribly strange here, in the enemy country, 
but it was a feeling that could not be confessed to just anyone. Fortunately, she seemed to be preoccupied with her thoughts. She was bending over the dead man, stroking his hair and forehead. In the same gentle, soothing way his sweetheart used to do at home. Then she said, We can't go on standing here. I suppose you are hungry? She took him into the dining room, lit the lamp, and laid the cloth. She took his helmet and cloak and hung them in the passage. She did not touch the rifle. He did not want to have it out of reach. So when she went into the kitchen, he took the opportunity to lay it under the table and kept his foot on the butt. She placed quite a banquet before him. The soldier took up his purse and counted the coins. There were not many. Thank you, thank you, he murmured, embarrassed. Madame is taking altogether too much trouble. When she brought two bottles of wine, he had to refuse. No, really, this won't do. I don't want anything so luxurious, and at the moment I am not in funds. She smiled a little. I say, put that away. It is treachery to one's country to sell food to the enemy, but to feed the hungry can't be wrong, even in wartime. She poured out a glass of wine. Drink. Drink to whoever you choose. Perhaps you have a sweetheart at home. Yes, I can see you have. Eat now and drink. Meanwhile, I will prepare your room. The soldier ate and drank. He thought, I will eat just sufficient to be satisfied. No more. She is really very decent to me, and it would be taking advantage of her goodness to eat up the lot, though I could easily manage it. If she or the old man would keep me company, it would be another matter. But I can't expect that. After a while, she came back. Why aren't you eating? Don't despise the little the house can offer. Perhaps you think I poisoned the wine. See here. She poured out a glass, drank half of it, and then handed it to him. He laughed and drank it. Oh, I'm not frightened. You are very good. But why won't your father keep me company? She shrugged her shoulders. Father has such old-fashioned ideas. He would not break bread with the enemy. But it doesn't do to be so narrow these days. When one's own people are gone, one has to put up with the company that comes, don't you think so? I'm quite hungry. Just think, I haven't eaten since I last sat at table with my husband. And that's four days ago. She took a chair and sat down opposite him. He cut the meat and handed her a helping. They drank to each other. They began to speak of this and that. The weather, the bad roads, the destroyed crops. They avoided the war, but he told jolly stories of his home. First he talked of his father and mother and his childhood. He would have liked best to speak of his sweetheart, but did not dare. She listened attentively, smiling a little when he laughed. Suddenly she asked, And your sweetheart? You don't say anything about her. He flushed. There wasn't anything to talk about. Just vague plans for the future. She agreed with him. 
Perhaps you will never see her again. He sighed and thought, Why does she torment me with that? I would like her to sit here beside me and let me hold her hand in mine. I feel so lonely. Just then she got up, went to the door and listened. He twisted uneasily on his chair, bent down and carefully moved the rifle nearer. The woman came back to the table, moved her chair closer to his, telling him that she felt so horribly lonely. Just think, I've been married only four months, and now I am a widow. You can understand how empty it is, as though the world had come to an end. I haven't anything to think about now, nothing to hope for, nothing to fear. It is dreadful not to have anyone to be fond of. You were very fond of him, he asked. She did not answer. Her head sank. The pretty curve of her bent neck moved him. He thought, poor little thing. She is so pretty and so lonely, just like I am. What shall I do now? I don't want to get fond of her. I don't want to. I don't. Perhaps I've been drinking too much. Her husband is lying in there. Oh, she could never have been in love with him, or why is she sitting here like this? I'd better go up to bed. What is your name? he asked. She looked up, staring at him with a surprised expression. What is my name? You mean my first name? I am called Judith. Judith, he repeated, smiling sleepily. That sounds biblical, but it's a nice name. She nodded, then suddenly she said, What a nice neck you have. He gave an embarrassed laugh and made excuses. Without thinking, he had unbuttoned a few buttons of his uniform. Camp manners, he buttoned up, but she did not want him to. No, he was to feel quite at home. At least for one night he should have a home. As she undid the buttons again, she touched his bare neck. He caught her arm and drew her closer. She resisted gently. Their feet touched the rifle and the bayonet hit against the table leg with a clang of steel. They started. He laughed. Oh, there you are, he said. We are sitting here at the table, nearly like man and wife at home, but the bayonet is under the table. Sailor She got up quickly and went into the kitchen. Now I have annoyed her he thought. What a stupid, clumsy fool you are. Thought she would throw herself into your arms at once. Oh, no. She is a decent woman, and you didn't want to do anything to her. You have had too much, that's what's the matter. Now go to bed without saying good night. She doesn't want to see you. He got ready and picked up the rifle. As he stood up, she came back. She had fetched dessert and a bottle of sherry. He had to make the best of it. 
They ate and drank. He was on his guard, and behaved as correctly as could be, spoke of indifferent things, and took care to keep his eyes and his thoughts away from the woman. For the last time he drank to her. "'Are you going to bed too?' he asked. "'No, I am going in to my husband,' she answered. He suspected a rebuke in those words. It annoyed him. He had an overwhelming desire to say something sharp to her. Why are you sitting here if you really loved your husband? But he controlled himself, and merely said as he raised his glass, I pity you, my beautiful enemy. But c'est la guerre. He bowed good night and took up his rifle. The old man lit him up the stairs. He locked the door, putting on the hook, and began to undress. The room was quite small and low. The bed stood in the middle of the floor, nicely bedded with sheets. Oh, that was going to feel fine. On the bedside table, four candles were lighted. What extravagance! He put out two of them, and then kicked off his boots. Suddenly he crept over to the door in his stockinged feet and listened. The stairs creaked. He opened the door and whispered softly into the darkness. Judith! Judith! Silence. He closed the door slowly, but did not latch it. He got into bed and put out the lights. He said to himself, I'm only going to think about the folks at home. In a few seconds, he was asleep. <sighs> he woke. The room was brightly lit. He saw the fall flaming candles. Judith was bending over him. His heart began to thump, thump, thump. Oh, it almost hurt. He stretched out his arms and touched her head with shaking hands. Judith. Judith. For you. My name is Judith. To him will I stand there. I add another name. Who will call me by my name now? Judith. Judith. He drew her head towards him. Then he felt that she was cutting his throat. Judith! he screamed. She only answered, I pity you, my beautiful enemy. The death rattle sounded in his throat. She left him alone. The whole house was in darkness except these two rooms where four candles burned. The whole village was dark and silent. 
Strangers were sleeping there, among enemies. Today's story was Judith by Hjalmar Bergman. It was read by Jasper Lestrange. Well, thank you for listening, and until next time, sweet dreams. <laughs>